It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now, Pushing the Limits, here's Brian Shapiro. What's up, Las Vegas? Happy Tuesday. Thanks for joining me and the PTL family here at KSHP. Broadcasting everywhere, not just on the AM dial, but uh, broadcasting the video feed as well. Because we're a professional organization. That's what we do here. On the PTL YouTube page, on my Twitter page, which is Pushing Limits LV. On the Facebook fan page, which is Pushing the Limits. So you can see my ugly mug every day. That's why we do it. We want we want to make you nauseous on your lunch break. That's what we want to do. But in all seriousness, we have a lot to get to today, and uh, really excited. We got some really great guests lined up for you. Particularly at the bottom of the hour, we're going to have a woman in studio who I have a tremendous amount of respect for. Her name is Liz Becker. She is uh, with the Nevada chapter of Moms Demand Action. It's an organization created to stop gun violence across the country. I had the luxury of meeting her the other day. Very passionate. And uh, we're going to be speaking with her in studio, talking about gun violence, gun control. And, and, and like I said, she's very passionate about this stuff. And uh, looking forward to meeting her coming up at the bottom of the hour. Have you heard about this controversy with this uh, professional golf league in Saudi Arabia? It's called Live. Greg Norman is a part of it. Phil Mickelson just announced that he's going to be playing in this London event, and he's a big part of it. We may never, never see Phil Mickelson back on the PGA Tour. They're paying these players boatloads of money, right? Boatloads of money. Well, a guy joining us on the show today, fantastic golfer. He's a professional. He had a great career at UNLV. Taylor Montgomery will be joining us coming up later on in the program. I want to get his thoughts on the Saudi League, and he, if he would ever consider playing in this league. This is huge news right now that just came out on the Bleacher Report. This is shocking. Dustin Johnson has just announced his resignation from the PGA Tour. He plans to play live golf events and majors. And now he's ineligible to play in the Ryder Cup. This is a huge story. Dustin Johnson, one of the best players in the world for many, many years. And now Dustin Johnson has announced... He's no longer on the PGA Tour. I am shocked and troubled, quite frankly, because Dustin Johnson has a ton of money. Dustin Johnson doesn't need to play on the Saudi Tour, but he's chosen money kind of money over this country, really. Let's just call it for what it is. Very disappointed in Dustin Johnson. I am shocked by this, and I hope this live tour fails. But Taylor Montgomery is going to be joining us. He's on the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, standout golfer UNLV to get his reaction to that. I am shocked. I just learned that in the last minute. I cannot believe Dustin Johnson, who was one of the most recognizable golfers on the planet, one of the best players in the world, has designed uh, has decided to play in the Saudi League, and he will no longer be on the PGA Tour. I am mesmerized by this decision, and I think I, I, I got to tell you, I think it's I think it's very selfish and despicable. 
on his part. But anyway, we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the program. Uh, By the way, there's a new story that just came out. Emails that have revealed that Donald Trump's campaign told fake electors in Georgia to use complete secrecy. Does this surprise anybody that this story came out? We know that Donald Trump and his cronies have done everything in their power to try to overturn the outcome of the election. But it didn't work, and he still cries voter fraud and voter integrity and the election was stolen. Many people that are running for office right here in Las Vegas, the Dean Hellers of the world, the Jim Marchants of the world, Stavros Anthony, people that are running for governor, Guy Nora, these people, some of them are smart enough to understand that the election was not stolen, and then there are some people that are not smart enough to understand. They're all idiots as far as I'm concerned. And I don't need to go back and and go into it again, because I won't. But it's an attack on democracy is what it is. And there are a lot of people in this city that are running for office, not just throughout the country, but in this city, uh, far right wingers. And when I asked them, what, what's the Republican Party stand for? You know, more guns, uh, not allowing a woman's right to choose. What do Republicans stand for these days? No universal health care, no maternity leave. And they say to me, we stand for voter integrity. Well, let me tell you something. I'm not sure there's going to be any accountability when it comes to the January, what happened on January 6th, but we're going to learn what happened, and we're going to get all the details on Thursday. We're going to learn how Donald Trump and so many around him conspired, not only conspired to overturn the election, but they knew January 6th was going to happen. They knew people would get hurt, maybe even get killed, and that's exactly what happened. And the commission is going to make it public, and we're finally going to find out what most of us probably already knew that this was conspired upon. They knew it was going to happen. Donald Trump enabled it. People lost their lives. People died that day. People died in the coming days, weeks, and months. And there were about six or 700 people that committed very serious crimes. So we're going to learn more later on in the week, and I will certainly cover it here. There's no question about that. Now, I like to have a little bit of fun when it comes to you know mocking how ridiculous some of these uh, far-right Republicans are. Well, Jimmy Kimmel... We'll be interviewing Joe Biden tomorrow on his show. Now, this isn't anything crazy, right? The president usually does late-night talk shows. The president does TV interviews. Joe Biden has decided to do Jimmy Kimmel's show, so I don't see anything out of the ordinary there. So here's Jimmy Kimmel uh, making the announcement, and obviously there's a lot of people out there on the right that have a problem with it. We'll get to that, but here's Jimmy Kimmel making the announcement. Not only will Biden be hosting the summit, he will be our guest here on Wednesday night. Last night, President Joe Biden will be stopping by. He will be here, which is nice because it gives the gang at Fox News something to scream about all week. So to communicate with the American people, Joe Biden is sitting down with Jimmy Kimmel on Wednesday. That's the, the land of insanity in which we all live. No. Oh, I see. What I do is insane. You guys telling us we should arm PE teachers to protect kids. That makes sense. Tucker Carlson giving Vladimir Putin a reach around every other night. Sane. President on a late night talk show, insane. Got it. 
Yeah, he's right. All these people on the right, these morons. Oh, my God, Joe Biden's doing a late-night talk show. Oh, my God, it's so terrible. Some guy writes on Twitter, why would Biden go on Jimmy Kimmel Live The lower his approval rating even more? Or is the strategy to put Biden next to someone even less likable and see how that goes? Okay, so that's not true. Jimmy Kimmel's a pretty likable guy. He's a pretty successful guy. He has a pretty good late-night talk show. The ratings are really good, so that's a lie. All these Republicans on social media losing their minds. Oh, of all the grossest people in the world, what about Stephen Miller? He goes, reporters, goodwill, lots of laughs. He's giving an interview to Jimmy Kimmel. That's what he thinks of reporters. Um, no, he's doing an interview with Jimmy Kimmel because Jimmy Kimmel has a huge reach and he has a lot of listeners, many of whom are not right-wing idiots like you with zero credibility. Somebody else writes, Jimmy Kimmel is nothing but a pandering Democrat as if wearing an orange shirt is going to help anything. Um, okay. What are Republicans doing to help? Jimmy Kimmel raises awareness talking about gun control. What are you doing to help the gun control issue? Then he went on to call Americans. Uh, you know, some of these people are clowns. They keep enabling and supporting uh, Jimmy Kimmel uh, and, and Democrats. Um, it's amazing how all these right-wingers are so agitated and they're so upset. God forbid Joe Biden does a late-night talk show. Oh, my God, that's never happened before. Do you know how many talk shows Donald Trump did? I mean, give me a break. I, I, just, I, I, just, I just don't understand it. But a part of me does. Part of me does understand it as well. But let me tell you something. Jimmy Kimmel's a pretty smart guy. And he calls it as he sees it. He calls out the Marjorie Taylor Greens. He calls out the Lauren Boberts and the hypocrisy and the idiocy that is the Republican Party these days. He calls it out. And, you know, Republicans don't like it. And then if you put on Fox News or Newsmax or OAN, what do they do? They talk about Hunter Biden's laptop. They'll say how Joe Biden has Alzheimer's. But when it comes to real solutions to the American people, like maternity leave, like universal health care, like tax breaks for middle class Americans, they don't talk about those issues. They have no answers or gun control, of course, and all these mass shootings. They don't have any real answers or solutions when it comes to the real problems facing this country. Democrats seem to be talking about that issues a lot. So what, do, what does Fox News do? And they want to talk about critical race theory. That's what they'll talk about. They'll talk about critical race theory and how all these women are murderers for having abortions. And they'll talk about Hunter Biden's laptop and how they think Joe Biden slurs his words. If you don't believe me, just put it on. That's what right-wing radio does. What's what the despicable human beings like Wayne Allen Cook and, 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 and national hosts like Sean Hannity and Mark Levin, TV hosts like Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingram, they're all a bunch of despicable human beings. Why are they despicable? Because the things they say on the air, I don't believe they actually actually believe to be true, but they only do it to pander to their base. They lie about our democracy. They kiss the ass of Russia and Vladimir Putin. They, when it comes to gun control, they'll talk about, well, we need to lock that door and harden our schools because that'll really work. But the last thing they'll talk about is gun control. That's what they do. That's what the Republican Party does. That's what these media people do. They have no answers. So what are they doing? They're going to attack Joe Biden for going on Jimmy Kimmel's show. Meanwhile, we'll have how many more mass shootings in, in, in these next couple days, right? But they don't want to talk about all these mass shootings they want to complain about Hunter Biden's laptop and how Joe Biden had the audacity to go on Jimmy Kimmel's show because they're all a bunch of scumbags. That's why. They're scum. Speaking of scum, <laughs> Donald Trump Jr. 
or as I like to call him, Biff. Donald Trump Jr., also known as Biff, claiming that all of his merchandise is made in America, when actually, by the way, when I'm speaking of merchandise, if you want to call this merchandise, I call it uh, merchandise for Trailer Trash America. Uh, you know, the Let's Go, uh, Let's Go Brandon shirts, uh, the bumper stickers, uh, the shirts attacking Alec Baldwin and making Kyle Rittenhouse look like some sort of hero. Yeah, they call that merchandise. I call that Trailer Trash uh, merchandise. That's what that is. Uh, but Jimmy Kimmel... Kind of speaking to Jimmy Kimmel, he exposed Donald Trump Jr. And I love it when he does this because we know the Trump family are a bunch of despicable bastard liars. Uh, so here's what Jimmy Kimmel did. It's very funny, folks. Have a listen. Donald Trump Jr., he's always talking about China, very anti China. My father was tough on China. Hunter Biden's in bed with China. Well, I, you know, I happen to be scrolling through his website because this is what I do. He's got the, an online store and really some wonderful products like this. F. Joe Biden hat that is, quote, designed and embroidered in the USA. You see that right there? Okay, well, it may have been designed and embroidered here, but uh, we ordered one of the hats. And, uh, <laughs> boy, you're not going to believe this. It was actually made in, oh, how about that, China? You won't find that on his website, though. And there's a lot of them. Here's a Let's Go Brandon shirt we bought. There, designed and printed in the USA. New no, Surrey. That's Nicaragua for you. <laughs> Just in time for Pride Month. We've got this. Um, thank you. Uh, let's get Biden to quit LGBTQ beauty. Designed and printed in the USA. Yeah, and made in. Let's see. This one is El Salvador. Yeah. And finally, uh, this lovely sentiment in a world full of Alex and uh, B. Uh, Kyle, I guess Rittenhouse is the one. This one's made in Nicaragua. And why doesn't he have the shirts made here? Because they cost about 30% more to have them made here. Oh, there you go. Really tough on China. Oh, the Trump family. Let's just save a little bit of money, though, and let's make sure they make it in China or Nicaragua or wherever else. By the way, Jimmy Kimmel, all of his products that you can buy on his website are all made in the United States of America. You want to talk about hypocrisy. You know, the ultimate. And again, I I talk about this all the time. Over the weekend, we had a ton of more gun violence in this country. From graduation parties to a mall, there were 13 mass shootings over the weekend, leaving more than a dozen dead and over 70 injured. During that time, what have the Republicans in the Senate done about this? Let me repeat this very simple. Republicans forget about even passing any type of gun legislation. They won't even talk to Democrats. There was a vote after this Texas shooting, this school shooting, where 19 innocent kids were killed and two teachers were killed. And all Democrats wanted to do to start was just have a discussion with Republicans and talk to Republicans, try to come up with some reasonable gun control measures. Republicans shot that down, for lack of a better term. It's terrible. There's been 291 mass shootings in 2022. There's been almost 5,000 mass shootings since 2013 in this country. Zero days since the last shooting because it happens every single day we have a mass shooting. Just about every single day. 
And this is just a matter of human decency. Listen, we can disagree on certain things. That's fine. Democrats and Republicans aren't going to agree on everything. I understand that. Some of you might think it's okay for somebody in the general public to have an AR-15. Now, I'm not one of those people. I think it's disgusting. You don't need an AR-15 to shoot deer. You don't need an AR-15 to protect your family. The only thing I hear people really talk about, oh, I like my AR-15. I enjoy it. And I disagree with the guy who's going to be our next sheriff. I think he's a nice guy, Kevin McMahill, and I support him. I think he's a reasonable guy, but I disagree with him. I said, why do you need an AR-15 for? He said, well, because I enjoy having it. Well, you know what? There's a lot of things in life that I enjoy, but, you know, I don't do it because sometimes it would probably be against the law. And, and, you know, sometimes you have to sacrifice your enjoyments for the good of humanity. I don't care how much Kevin McMahill or anybody in this city or in this country enjoys their assault weapons. We need to save lives and we need to do something about this. And, you know, Republicans are never going to be on board with that. They're just not. I don't know what they stand for, but when it comes to gun control... I call the GOP the guns over people party. They are the GOP. When was the last time you spoke to a guy who's a Republican who said, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think we should have assault weapons. Well, there's a guy out of Ohio, or I'm sorry, not Ohio, Buffalo. There's a guy out of Buffalo who uh, is a politician out there. A few days after the shooting in Buffalo, he finally found his conscience. Because I guess that's what it takes, right, for some Republicans, very few, but some, to have a conscience. Well, we had all these innocent black people that died because of the color of their skin at the hands of a madman who had an AR-15. So, geez, maybe I should stop accepting checks from the NRA and maybe we should do something about this. That's what this one guy did. Guess what happened? He had to step down from his positions because the Republicans threw him out. Because he wanted to ban assault weapons and he wanted to save lives. That's the position that some of these Republicans are in. And I say to them, then don't be a Republican. Be an independent. Be a Democrat. Well, I might lose power. I might not be able to be in office again. Yeah, you might lose your power, but maybe, maybe you'll be saving lives and you could be a hero. Some of these Republicans have an opportunity to do the right thing. I say that all the time, but they won't. They won't. Many of these Republicans know, they know that assault weapons should not be out there. They understand that, but they choose power and money and checks from the NRA over lives. You saw the poll that came out yesterday. We spoke about it on the air. 44% of Republicans, almost half of Republicans, put their arms in the air and say, hey, this is just something we're just going to have to live with, these mass shootings. It is utterly disgusting. And I am so sick and tired of talking about it. And my level of anger towards Republicans today is as high as it's ever been. I have nothing in common with you, and I've never considered myself a Democrat, but I have nothing in common with you. Yes, there are some good Republicans out there. I spoke to one on the phone yesterday, Doc Walls, who, who just got the endorsement for governor from the Las Vegas Sun, I, and, and I know he was excited about that, and I'm happy for him, but he's not going to win on the Republican side. And the reason why he's not going to win, not because he's not a good guy, not because he, he, he doesn't care about the community and, he, and he's got good ideas and good policies that would work. No. Because he's not far right enough. He's not extreme enough. Like the Joe Lombardos, the Joey Gilberts, the Dean Ellers of the world. That's why he's not going to win. And I'm proud of the Las Vegas Sun for endorsing him because it's a good endorsement. Because Doc Walls is a good man. But he's an old school Reagan Republican. How many of those do you talk to these days? Huh? How many Reagan Republicans are out there these days? I could probably name a few on my hand, That maybe three or four. That's it. The overwhelming majority of Republicans today are the conspiracy party, the guns over people party, take women's rights away party. 
overturn Roe versus Wade party, no universal health care, no plan. Let's get rid of Obamacare. Do you have a plan uh, to replace it? No, I don't. That's kind of like saying, hey, I think I want a new car. Let me sell my car. Oh, do, do you have a new car? No, I don't. I'll just walk now. I mean, that's how stupid some of these Republicans are. It's ridiculous. All they do is complain about Obamacare, no replacement plan in return. They're against universal health care. They're against, you know, the loopholes when it comes to gun background checks. They're against any type of gun legislation. They're against maternity leave. They're against food stamps. They're against welfare. They're basically against any government program that will help poor people. They're against raising minimum wage. What are they for? What do Republicans stand for today? I don't know. What, praying? Religion? Well, if that's the case, how is that helping everybody else? I'm not being facetious. I have no idea what Republicans stand for today. I know what they don't stand for. Helping people. Caring about people. Caring about women. Women's rights. Caring about the gay community. Supporting people who might be different than you. Supporting the movement. The black, you don't have to support the Black Lives Matter organization. The movement. Supporting the movement. The idea of equality. They're against all these things. All these things that socially that will help people in this country. They're ruining this country. You'll hear them complain about money that we're sending to the Ukraine. You'll hear them complain about money we're sending to anybody, unless it's tax breaks for the rich. They're okay with that. Or sending money to Ron DeSantis' campaign. Or Donald Trump's campaign of election integrity. They're okay with that. But God forbid we send money to the Ukraine, people that are dying and getting murdered. Oh no, we can't do that. They'll compare wearing a mask to Nazi Germany. They'll compare telling your child to wear a mask to 7 million Jews that were, that were murdered in the Holocaust. Some of these people use that kind of language. You'll have some Republicans say, God, what kind of country are we living in now? You can't even lie to the FBI. <laughs> I mean, there are people that are in office that are making statements like that. I don't know if I have any hope anymore. This isn't the country that I remember when I was in high school and when I was in college or even the country 10 years ago. I felt like there were a lot of Republicans out there that were decent people that cared about this country. Didn't always agree with them on everything, but there were a lot of good Republicans out there. I I can't name more than a few. We're talking half the country now. It's very sad. I don't always agree with Democrats, but if you ask me what the Democratic Party stands for, I can answer that for you. I'm not a Democrat, but I, I have a pretty good idea what Democrats stand for these days. They want equality. They're against discrimination. They're pro-gay marriage. They're pro a woman's right to choose. They want to help people. They want to give mothers an opportunity to raise their kids without having to work when they're pregnant and then after they have a child. They're for maternity leave. They're for universal health care. They're for taxing the rich. They're for giving tax breaks to the poor and middle class. Welfare, food stamps, any government program that will help you if, if you're struggling to make it in this country. 
They're for a pathway to citizenship. No, the borders are not wide open. Democrats are not for open borders. That's a lie. The borders are not wide open. But most Democrats agree with me in that if you're in this country and you have, especially if you have a family and you haven't committed any felonies and you just want a better life for your family, that will give you some sort of pathway to citizenship, maybe with a penalty, but we'll do that. Because I'd like to think the platform of Democrats today is a a platform of compassion. The platform of the guns over people party is our way or the highway. My religion is the only religion that matters. All you women are murderers that have abortions, but let's give kindergarten teachers AR-15s. And I am sick of it. It sickens me to the core. And I know the woman that we are having in studio next, it sickens her as well, and I want to get her thoughts on this. Her name is Liz Becker. She's from the Nevada chapter of Moms Demand Action. She is one of the organizers uh, creating this to stop gun violence across the country. She also ran for office. So looking forward to speaking with her next, I want to tell you guys quickly about one of my favorite bars in town. Love going to it. Jackson's Bar and Grill located at Flamingo and Jones. It's, it, it's, it's, really, it's really a cool place to go to. Grab some food. Grab some eats. You walk in there. You mention my name. You mention the name of this show. Sign up for a player's card. You get $10 free slot play. And then if you go there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday and you get 500 points, which is not too difficult to get, by the way, you will receive an extra $50 in free slot play. Please check them out. Jackson's Bar and Grill located at Flamingo and Jones. Tell them I sent you. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back from Moms Demand Action, we are joined by Liz Baker. Liz Becker, excuse me. Take a quick break. Be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. All right, welcome back. Pushing the Limits on a Tuesday. So glad you could join us. By the way, former uh, DA here at Clark County, Thomas Moskal, will be joining us in studio tomorrow. Talking a lot about gun violence. You know, really, for me, personally, ever since Columbine, but it's gotten worse. It seems like every year it's getting worse with these assault weapons. And, of course, October 1 right in our backyard. Uh, I forgot her name. I think her name is Sagala. or I, I don't even remember her name. I don't care because she's not going to win anyway. But she she's running for uh, Secretary of State. I invited her on the show, and she goes on these podcasts with three listeners. And, and I invited her on. I listened to one of her stupid interviews, and she says, Oh, well, the, the shooting in Texas was an isolated shooting. I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, you moron. First of all, you're never going to win. How could you call it an isolated incident? We've had we had 13 mass shootings over the weekend. We had 20 mass shootings after the Texas school shooting. We had 20 mass shootings days after. And these idiots call it isolated incidents. We have Republicans that are saying, well, we need to harden our schools. We need to have locked doors. Yeah, because I'm sure a kid with an AR-15 who just shot his grandmother, oh, shoot, that door is locked. Shucks, I guess I better leave. Are we? Are, are some of these people this stupid? I, I, I don't know. I guess to ask those questions and many more, uh, somebody who I certainly have a lot of respect for and very passionate about this issue as I am. Uh, her name is Liz Becker. She's from the Nevada chapter of Moms Demand Action. Uh, it's an organization created to stop gun violence across the country. I met her the other day at, at one of those uh, rallies that she had uh, at a local park here where the governor showed up uh, and uh, other politicians uh, showed up as well. Uh, Representative Horsford was there, among many others. Uh, Liz, I do a Appreciate you being here. How are you? I am good today. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. This interview might be a little bit different than a KNPR interview. I'm a little bit more <laughs> animated, but the people I've heard you on KNPR, you did a great job. Thanks. And I'm very frustrated, as I'm sure you are. Mm-hmm. 
So I, I, I'm trying to think, how do I start this interview? And I'll start by saying this. Can you give me a little bit of information about yourself, your family? Mm-hmm. You live here, obviously. You ran for office. Uh, and tell me why you decided to be a part of this organization, Moms Demand Action. Yeah, so um, I'm not originally from Las Vegas. I'm from South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of my parents are educators. So my dad's a college professor. My mom's a guidance counselor. And I moved here right after college. And I had no background um, in this movement Um, and at the time in 2004 it wasn't really a movement yet so um, I was an environmental science major at UNLV for my master's and um, I got married and had kids my husband's in the Air Force and then when Parkland happened my daughter was nine months old and I remember I was still just kind of in just had a baby fog you know and I was really upset about it and I remember thinking where what is wrong like where have we gone wrong as a country that Mm -hmm. these are kindergartners but i'm ashamed to say now that i didn't get involved right then you know that's when um shannon watts started her facebook group she founded moms demand action the day after Mm -hmm. sandy hook um and the movement started online um just in a facebook group and i was involved um with politics ever since moving here um since i was a child really and one of my really active political friends invited me to a house party in 2014 on saint patrick's day um, and it was for Brooklyn Mahler's family to talk about her death, which was an unintentional shooting by a friend of hers because a father had left his loaded gun in the kitchen mm. and told the girls that it was there, you know, and left and said, in case there's an issue, here's this loaded gun in this drawer. What an irresponsible thing to do. Yes. And he was never charged. Um, nothing ever happened because we didn't have a law on the books. Um, that was a criminal safe storage law at the time. So. I went to this house party and I met some people who knew her and I had remembered it happening because my daughter had been 18 um, when she died, my oldest daughter. And I just thought to myself, wow, like I didn't know there was this big of a gap in laws that we need to prevent these kinds of things. So I started learning more about it. I got involved with Moms Demand Action officially. I became their social media lead um, in 2015. And then very sadly, uh, my friend Sue Brooks, who had been the chapter leader, was diagnosed with glioblastoma, brain cancer. And um, that was in the summer of 2016. Mm. Um, And she died and I took over as chapter Mm, lead. I'm so sorry to hear that. That's terrible. It was really awful. Um, 2016 was an awful year. But I'm sure she's proud of you uh, for for taking it over. I'm I'm so sorry to hear that. Well, uh, I think most of us are very passionate about this issue. And even though I... uh, Luckily, I haven't had anyone in my family that has been killed due to gun violence. Sadly, so many in this country do. And I have so much sympathy for all of them. But I have to start by saying this. The event that you held the other day was a wonderful event. Mm -hmm. My friend told me about it. I was glad to be there. The governor was there. I spoke Mm -hmm. with the governor for a few minutes and and, uh, Representative Horsford and, and some senators that were there. But the one thing that I noticed is that I didn't see one Republican there. I didn't see Carolyn Goodman there. She should have been there. We had the worst shooting in the history of this country, October 1. Mm -hmm. She should have been there. I didn't see one Republican. Even if you do not agree with everything that the Democrats are trying to do, I believe it is your civic duty to be at this event and to at least have a discussion. So what goes through your mind? Because that's the first thing that I noticed. I said, wow, how many wonderful people are here, people like you? I spoke Mm -hmm. to some moms, sadly some moms that lost their children to to gun violence, and I spoke with them, and my heart goes out to them. Like I said, I spoke to Horsford and and Governor Mm -hmm. Sisolak for a few minutes, um, good people that that were there, not because they're trying to pander, not because they're trying to get votes, because they're angry, like you are, like I am, and they want change. I see Horsford speaking at your event, 
And I don't always agree with him, but boy, his passion. He lost his father to gun violence on Lake Mead. He talked about how he has to drive by that street every day. He wasn't trying to get votes. He's passionate. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want to see any more innocent people die like his father or like these kids in Texas or Parkland, wherever. They're there for one reason, because they care. Mm -hmm. Those are the type of politicians that I support. Again, I say it again, and correct me if I'm wrong, I didn't see one Republican politician at your event. How does that make you feel? Pretty angry. Um, as I said, I'm from South Carolina. Most of my extended family members are Republicans. And I heard you talking earlier about there used to be these Republicans that you disagreed with on issues. Reagan Republicans, yeah, yeah. That you loved and that you respected and you knew that even if they disagreed with you on what the solutions are, right. they cared about the problem enough to want to create solutions. And so we're not a partisan organization, but we do this... Um, candidate distinction program where we send out questionnaires like a lot of organizations and if any candidate no matter what party they are can answer that they agree with us that there are laws we can pass to address gun violence we will give them a distinction two republicans state in the state do have that distinction this time um, i'm not familiar with them they're both from up north they're running for state assembly i believe mm -hmm. but you're right there were no republicans at the wear orange event um they are invited you know we invite did you um, talk to any of them on the phone or say, hey, we're having this event. We'd love you to be there. I did not personally talk yeah. to them. Mm -hmm. um, I was not involved in those phone calls, but yeah. all elected officials are, are sure. uh, you know, invited to our events that I'm we have. I'm not surprised. And I'm we had surprised. the lighting of the sign earlier that day at right. 8 a.m. Mm -hmm. Only Democrats showed up to that. <laughs> and like you said, Carolyn Goodman could have been there. Sure. Um, you know, and it's, it's just really sad because I do not believe this is a partisan issue, just like so many issues in this country that shouldn't be partisan have become right. partisan since, Agree. since MAGA times. And I'll really. give you a perfect example. Um, I, I regret it now, but you know I support our veterans. So this Veterans in Politics group, they're a far-right mm -hmm. group. But I moderated one of their events because you know I respect our veterans, even though I disagree with some of them. Fine. So Dean Heller's there, right? Right. And, and, and I am not a Dean Heller fan. I think he's a despicable human being. Let me give you an example. There's a There's a debate that went that happened on channel eight with these republicans that are that are running for governor right this was within 48 hours of the texas shooting what does dean heller say he says i have an a plus rating from the nra how despicable of a human being do you have to be just days after 19 kids were slaughtered and you brag about your nra rating it's like I'm thinking to myself, there's only one reason why he's doing this, to pander to the base, to try to get votes. And these Republicans, many of them, put pandering to the base and saying idiotic things like, for example, Trump won the election. The election was stolen. I have an A-plus rating from the NRA. Let's get critical race theory out of our schools. It's all nonsense so that they can get votes because mm -hmm. they care more about votes and power than actually doing the right things for the American people, in this case, gun control, that would save the lives of children. Yes. And I get so angry these days because that's right. I mean, that's why they're doing it. Dean Heller would never go to one of your events because he's despicable. He would never. But I know I think there are Republicans that would. But the reason why they don't is because they're afraid they'll lose power if they should. And what kind of country are we living in now mm -hmm. where they can't even go to an event like that? It was a great event. You had students that were speaking, passionate students. And I'm going to have some of them on my show that were speaking about how they want changes being made. Good, reasonable people, nice people. We're all in this together. Right. And it's sad that you know, the Dean Hellers of the world are the ones that are, are some lawmakers, right? I don't know. I don't it know is. what the answer is. It's really sad. And what, in my opinion, the thing that contributed, 
contributes to it the most is our closed primary system mm -hmm. because they know who's going to be voting for them in the primary. So these 17 people or whoever it is, how many Republicans are running for governor, all of them have to pander to the people that will vote in that Republican primary. Right. And it's not reasonable people. People that are going to vote in that primary are not reasonable. Mm -hmm. And that's really sad because there are more nonpartisans in this state than there are Republicans. And they're not going to have a choice because they can't vote in the Democrat or the Republican primary. So we're going to end up, you know, with a, a lot of times, even on the left, we end up with the person that is far to the left of what the people in the middle want. But um, in this particular case in our state, I actually don't think Steve Sisolak is far to the left. I think that he is very reasonable Agree. and you know, moderate, really. Agree. And he's yeah. going to end up running against somebody that's so far to the right. Yeah. It's going to be how, Lombardo. Yeah. And how yeah. can people yeah. justify that? And, and how can Lombardo justify he supporting can't. Trump? When the insurrection happened, yeah. I am so confused. I've had it with Lombardo. He won't do my show. Uh, at least I don't think he will. Uh, I've interviewed some of the other whack jobs. Um, I had Guy Norris sitting over there, and he, mm -hmm. he talks about critical race theory in his ad. So I asked him straight up. I said, can you give me one example of critical race theory being taught in Clark County? He couldn't. Yeah, only a, it's not. Only a clown or a buffoon would, 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 would give an answer like that. I've had Joey Gilbert on the show a couple times, and even though the last interview I did with him was a little bit more respectful, again, zero credibility. He has mm. – many of these far-right wingers have zero credibility. But anyway, let's get back to gun legislation. I could go on and on about my criticisms for the guns over people party is right. what I call them. Let's talk about gun control. I personally do not believe that these weapons of war – like an AR-15 or assault weapon ban, should be in place. I don't believe what type of country are we living in when an 18-year-old can walk into a gas station and can't buy a beer, but he can buy a couple of AR-15s and 600 rounds of ammunition. There is no defense for that. Can you give me, Liz, one reason why anybody needs an AR-15 or a weapon like that in society, unless you're law enforcement or a brave man, men, women in uniform? What reason does an American need to have to carry, say, an AR-15? The only reason to have one is to kill people with it. Mm -hmm. And you don't need it to defend your home. And I hear a lot on the right this, we might need to overthrow the tyrannical government. That is never going to happen with you and your AR-15. The government right. has tanks. The government has an Air Force. Right, right. So Idiotic. none of the arguments that are used hold any water. And my husband was in the Air Force. Mm -hmm. He shot an M-16. I heard Senator Spearman talking about how she you know, was yeah. issued an M-16. She was at your event as well. Yep. Right. Yep. And an AR-15 is an M-16. It's just not fully automatic. It's the right. same weapon. And there is no reason for it. And no other developed country on Earth right. allows this in their country. And, right. you know, I, I was listening to Andy Murray the other day, the tennis player, because he's from Dunblane, Scotland. Right. And when he was a child, they had a school shooting. Mm -hmm. And the reaction to that was, no. In their country. The reaction was, take those guns away. No one needs them. And they did. Yes. And, you know, and I, how many mass shootings have they had since? Zero. Right. Right. Zero. This is not brain surgery, right, Liz? When people no. want to talk about why do we have this problem, the answer, yes, you can talk about mental illness, but there are mentally ill people all over the mm -hmm. world. The reason why we have this problem, and idiots like you know Ted Cruz won't answer it, because we have more guns than any other country in the world. Right. And yet some of these wackadoodles on the right say, let's arm our kindergarten teachers with guns. What do you think? Let's talk about that for a moment. They want to harden schools. When I say they, I mean the, the, these Republicans. Mm -hmm. Let's lock doors. Let's only have one exit and entry. Uh, let's, let's harden our schools. Let's give teachers guns. What do you make of this nonsense that, that they, they don't want to talk about gun control, but they want more guns? Right. It's, it's extremely unacceptable to me. I'm a former teacher. I taught preschool. I've taught middle school. I've taught at the college level. My daughter's in fourth grade. 
I do not want our children going to school in a prison environment, Mm -hmm. in an environment that is so hardened that parents can't be there. There can't be any volunteers. There's no joy. When children, my daughter has told me multiple times about the drills she's had to do where she army crawls across the grass because she'll, she would be at PE during a drill. We never had to do this they when we were in school. They had to army crawl all the way back to the portable they're in, which, by the way, is extremely unsafe. Was that here in Clark County? Yes. Oh, yes, my in CCSD schools. And Ugh. she has created a, a world in her mind where this is not a threat to her because she's protecting herself mentally. So she says, well, these shootings are far away. It hasn't happened at my school. You know, she trusts her principal and her teachers, which I'm so glad that she does, and I'm glad she has that sense of security. But millions of students do not have that sense of security because it's been shattered by doing these drills over and over again or having Mm -hmm. a real hard lockdown situation where there's a shooter in the school, and they don't feel safe, and it's not a solution. You're teaching the kids at the school what the procedures are. So when one of those children mm-hmm. wants to perpetrate one of these massacres, they know what the procedures are. Right. So it doesn't make any sense, in my opinion, from any perspective. And I, I'm just not in support of that at all. And I have a lot of teacher friends, and many of them have told me they will quit. If they are told they have to do some two-hour training and have a gun in their classroom, they will not teach anymore. That's not their job. And a lot of Republicans have said they've spoken to teachers, and most of the teachers say they don't want to be armed either. So it's absolute nonsense. So that's one thing you hear from the right. Uh, Another thing you hear from the right is mental illness, right? Could we do a better job in this country with the homeless and mentally ill people and do a better job in taking care of them? Absolutely. I'm not going to deny that. However, the argument I make is we don't just have a mentally ill problem in this country. It's all over the world. Mm -hmm. But why is it we have all these mass shootings in this country. What do you, what do you say to that? Um, it goes back to healthcare, in my opinion. Other countries treat mental illness as a disease, as it is, and their healthcare pays for those treatments. Our healthcare system does not do that. Private mm-hmm. insurance treats mental healthcare differently than regular, regular yep. healthcare. Right. And mentally ill people are more likely to be shot by a police officer than they are to perpetrate a mass shooting. They're more likely to die by gun suicide than to go kill other people with a gun. So yes, we need to do something about treating people's mental illness. We do not need to make it into an issue of let's be scared of all the people with mental illness Mm -hmm. because most folks with the mental illness are not thinking of perpetrating one of these massacres. They're actually suffering and we need to help them. Agree. So it, it breaks my heart that that's the talking point. My uncle is schizophrenic. He's been in an institution since he was 22 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and that's the safest place for him to have been. He's 70 now. And to think that people, instead of realizing it's the guns or just recognizing it, they yeah. would rather put down people with a mental illness and say it's all their fault. And like you said, other countries in the world have the same rates of mental illness that we have. Right. Those people don't have access to guns. Right. <laughs> It's the guns. Certainly not the easy access that they have in this country. If you're just joining us for speaking with Liz Becker, she is from the Nevada chapter of Moms Demand Action. It's an organization created to stop gun violence across the country. I'll open up the phone lines, too, if anybody would like to uh, ask Liz a question. Give us a buzz. The number to call is 702-221-7283. Again, that number, if you want to be a part of the conversation, is 221-7283. So we've talked about a few of the right-wing talking points. Mental illness, they'll talk about. They'll talk about hardening our schools. Another thing that I hear all the time is guns don't kill people. People kill people. And my response to that is, Really? So should we just allow everybody to have bazookas and, and, and tanks? And, of course, they'll say, well, no, of course not. I said, all right, 
So we agree that there is a line there that some artillery or weapons or whatever you want to call it, we can't have. So mm-hmm. give me a reason why you need an assault weapon. And they can't give me a reason. Oh, I like my hunting. You know, I like my I like hunting deer, which is, by the way, very fair, an AR-15 versus a deer. Uh, Donald Trump <laughs> Jr. is a very skilled marksman, clearly. Um, but, like, they, they can't give me a logical reason. So if somebody comes up to you, Liz, and says that to you, because I want to get your response. Mm-hmm. Guns don't peop- uh, kill people. People kill people. What is your response to that? People with guns kill far more people than people with knives and hammers or any other of the asinine arguments I hear because one of the biggest retorts to our organization in general is, well, let's just ban knives and let's ban cars and let's ban anything that kills people. But their argument holds no water again because if you're going to say cars kill people, for instance, okay, you're right. Cars do kill people. You have to be 25 to rent a car in this country. You have to go through hours and hours of training to get a driver's license. And a car can be a weapon to kill someone and is used in terrorist attacks. But let's just, you know, do simple numbers. How many people are killed by a car in this country? Someone intentionally killing someone with a vehicle yeah. versus guns. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's a tiny number. And, and the argument and, and the argument also is, well, if they can't get their hands on a gun, they'll get their hands on something else. And my response is always, you know, uh, October 1. Would you rather have that guy? I mean, you'd rather have not having a weapon at all. But would you rather have him with a knife or a pistol or an AR-15? We wouldn't have had 60 people that died. Correct. That that horrible, despicable human being that goes into that uh, shooting in Buffalo, that supermarket, and kills people because of the color of their skin. Yes, people would have died if he had a pistol. No question, people would have died. Mm-hmm. But the, the security guard in that supermarket, who's a hero, who lost his life, he lost because that madman, that 18-year-old, had an AR-15, didn't have a pistol. And body armor. Yes. That's a whole other conversation. And body armor. Number to call, 702-221-7283. That's the number to call. Uh, let's go to Lauren. Lauren, you're first up. Hi, Lauren. You're on with uh, Liz Becker from Moms Demand Action. Go ahead. Uh, yes. Um, I, I'm, I'm a gun owner. I... Uh... Uh, I first, uh, I mean, I, I served in the military, so I'm, I was trained on the M16. The uh, reason that uh, I, I bought a gun uh, years after I got out of the military was because someone came into, into my, my front yard where my, my five-year-old, my then five-year-old daughter was sitting and picked her up and said if he didn't, she didn't tell him what her name was, he was going to kill her. And... Um, so I, I purchased a gun. I had to wait three days to get it. Uh, I ne- thank God I never saw the person. Um, I was at work, and my wife was at work, and the babysitter was taking care of the kid. Uh, we called the police. You know, there was nothing that they could really do. Um, my question is, is we have approximately 363 million guns in this country. Now the, the 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 guns that I had were uh, I, I bought a uh, nine millimeter, and actually my nine millimeter was also stolen out of my house, a, a different house, many years later, and I got it back twelve years later, after it had been used in a number of armed robberies in Las Vegas. Here, um, how do you how do you uh, and a nine millimeter is is a semi-automatic weapon, just like the AR-15 is, how do you propose, what what gun regulations would you put in place? I, like I said, I had to, I, I was licensed. I had to wait to get my weapon. Yep. Um, 
So Liz, I, so Liz, what? Got, uh, hang on the line, Lauren. What? What? Okay. An, go ahead and answer his question. What would you put in place? First of all, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. Um, the violence in this country is just so out of control, and I also fear, you know, for my child many times. But what I would say about guns is, you mentioned that your weapon was stolen. Uh, many, many guns that end up in the hands of criminals are stolen, and that's why our organization um, advocates for. Um, storage of weapons unloaded um, locked separate from ammunition Um, many people in this town are having their guns stolen out of their vehicle right now Uh, metro has several campaigns about that because people are leaving loaded weapons in their cars and they're being stolen so that's one thing we advocate for Um, you mentioned you had a waiting period for buying a weapon Uh, many many states do not have that Um, we advocate for a waiting period all over the country because um, several of these recent mass shootings the shooter purchased the weapon the same day or a day before so we definitely um, advocate for a waiting period we advocate for um, safety courses when people do buy a weapon so that they know how to use it we are not an anti-gun organization we applaud gun owners who have responsibility and who store their weapons safely and we believe that people have a right to have a weapon in their home to protect themselves Um, But we do not believe that an 18-year-old should be able to buy an assault rifle. Um, We advocate for an assault weapons ban. But like you said, Mm -hmm. there are so many weapons in the hands of people already. Getting them out of people's houses, the government's not going to go door-to-door to to do that. So um, there's probably going to need to be a voluntary um, buyback program like they're doing in Canada right now. Which is eventually in Canada, that's going to be a mandatory um, program. And I don't know that we'll ever get there in this country because there's so many guns on the street already. I mean, I, I, I don't mean to be pessimistic, but I, I, with the amount of guns that are in the country, there, there's no way that any of these things that our, our, our present legislators are trying to put into place are going to make any difference. I have to disagree with you, Lauren. Uh, I believe that there are some legislators that want to say if you have an illegal gun or you sell an illegal gun, we want a five-year mandatory prison sentence. I believe that would absolutely work. If you look at the assault weapons ban that Joe Biden helped put together with Barack Obama, the gun violence went way down in this country. And then guess what happened, Lauren? It expired. And when the and when it expired, guess what happened? Gun violence went up three times. So I respectfully disagree with you. There are things that we can put in place right now. The reason why it's not going to happen is not because of the Democrats. It's because of the Republicans. I'm sorry you've had to go through what you had to go through. I just respectfully disagree with you. We can't just put our hands in the air and say, oh, well, half of the Republicans in this country believe, Liz, that mass shootings are just something that we should just all live with. It's going to happen. We can't put our hands in the air and just... And I respect Lauren, but we can't just put our hands in the air and just say, oh, well. Yes, I agree. And the thing about the gun laws, the argument from the other side always comes down to, well, laws don't stop people. Mm -hmm. Well, then I guess we shouldn't have laws at all then. That makes no sense. What we need to do is we need to address each facet of gun violence with legislation, criminal safe storage laws, like Ethan's law that's being introduced federally. We passed that here in Nevada. Red flag laws are super important. If a family knows that a member of their family is a danger to themselves or others they can call 
and have the police come and take the guns that are in the home yep. preemptively mm -hmm. to prevent this because the Republicans put out a bunch of talking points about how we need to prevent these shootings. Mm -hmm. That is the number one way to prevent And this. I want to talk about more about red flag laws with you when we come back. Uh, she is uh, Liz Becker. She is uh, from the Nevada chapter of Moms Demand Action. Obviously, the organization uh, created to stop gun violence across the country. We'll take a few more phone calls if you want to call in. 702-221-7283. And again, that number, if you want to be a part of the conversation, questions, comments about gun control, anything we've covered this show, 221-7283 is the number to call. I do want to talk about red flag laws when we come back. And I also want uh, to talk in depth again about some of these weapons that and again i can't come up with any reasons why we need assault weapons we'll continue to talk about that and much much more and again take your calls 221-7283 we'll take a quick break we'll be back right after this you're listening to pushing the limits right here on kshp Glad you could join us. And I'm glad Liz Becker's joining us as well. The Nevada Chapter of Moms Demand Action, organization uh, created to obviously stop gun violence across the country. They had a wonderful event the other day that I was happy enough uh, to, to be at and met some great people. And uh, I got to tell you, man, something needs to be done. I, I do feel like when nothing got done after Sandy Hook that maybe... Uh, we were in for the long haul here, and, and Republicans continue not do not want to pass any proper gun legislation. But, hey, we're taking your phone calls on that. Uh, your thoughts on, on the gun violence in this country, uh, comments. Maybe you don't think anything should happen. I don't know. Number to call, 221-7283. And, again, if you want to be a part of the program, now's the time to call, 702-221-7283. Let's talk a little bit about red flag laws. I believe in this country there are some states that have different rules and regulations than other states. I think if somebody threatens somebody and it's a credible threat, maybe a voicemail message, whatever the case may be, that person should not be allowed to purchase a gun. But there are some states where you can. What are your thoughts on that? Yes. So red flag laws have been passed, I believe, in 18 states. Nevada is one of them. Um, we are pushing for that to be federal because, like you said, why do we need a patchwork when it comes to saving people's lives? Right. And where they're used the most in other states that have had them for a long time is actually suicidal threats. So when someone says their spouse or their child um, is threatening suicide and has access to a weapon, mm -hmm. they call the police, they come and they remove the weapons, and you can get the weapon back. It's not that the weapon's gone forever, but you have to prove that you are not a danger to yourself or someone else. And it gets people the mental health they need because it triggers a mental health evaluation and can get people the help that they need. And the idea is, oh, well, anybody could just make up anything about me and I'm going to lose my guns. No, that's not how it works. There has to be a credible threat. Right. And God forbid, if you don't have a gun for a day or two, I'd like to think that it'll save more lives than, mm -hmm. than not. So the argument doesn't make any sense. All right, that number is 221-7283. If you want to join the program, have a question for Liz talking about the gun violence in this country. Let's go to Fernando. Fernando is next. Hi, Fernando. Yeah, hi guys. Um, first off, um, thank you, Liz, for your um, work on this issue. Um, I would like to see age 21 to buy AR rifle, go through the NICS system, go through some safety um, classes, and uh, like you said, uh, a five-day waiting period, a 10-day waiting period, um, something like that, red flag laws. I mean, we have to do something for the sake of the children 
of the future because we want we don't want this to happen again. I think everybody just has to get upset, call all 50 senators, leave voicemails, emails, messages, call all the representatives in Washington, D.C., 450 of them, and do the same thing and put pressure on them. Mm. But um, I, I think um, something has to be done soon because this is out of control. And um, um, thank you for your work. Thank you, Fernando. I, I, I agree with your sentiment, and I'm sure uh, Liz does as well, if you want to respond to that. Yeah, thank you. And, you know, today is actually a day where our organization is pushing folks to call the Senate Mm -hmm. and flood the lines with calls for them to pass these bills that the House is going to pass. So the House has, um, I believe it's eight separate bills that they're passing as a package that address different aspects. Um, And one of them is an assault weapons ban. And also, if we can't pass that, raising the age from 18 to 21, like you said. Mm -hmm. So if you text um, READY to 64433, Um, Someone will get to you and connect you with the Senate. And so um, we really urge people to do that. I called both of my senators today. I call them all the time. (laughs) Um, But they need to hear from us. Even if they're people like Jackie Rosen and Cortez Masto who already support this, Mm -hmm. they need to hear from us that we want them to do something else. Mm -hmm. Because even though they have supported it, I think that the senators that are there now who support these things, Mm -hmm. they have a duty to work across the aisle and convince people that are not voting for these bills to do it because it's not enough that you're just doing it yourself. And I like Cortez Masto. She's done mm-hmm. this show before. Again, uh, the woman who's running against her, I think her name is Sagala Chada. I, I don't even remember. I think that's how you pronounce her name. And again, she did an interview the other day and said, oh, this Texas shooting, it's an isolated incident. And I'm thinking, you moron. Mm-hmm. You moron. You're running for, for Secretary of State and you call a shooting in a school an isolated incident? These are some of the people that are running for office. What a bozo, you know? Number to call, 221-7283. Again, uh, your thoughts on gun control, gun violence. And if you have a question for Liz, again, you can give us a call at 221-7283. So red flag laws need to be put in effect. What, what, let's talk about the loopholes for a moment when it comes to background checks. Mm-hmm. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is, and I would never go to one of these gun I don't know, what do you call gun, not gun rally, but it's like gun gun shows. Like I could care less. These people with their fetishes. Yeah, they're so tough. (laughs) You know, it's so interesting. These people that walk around with their camouflage and their AR-15s, they never serve this country. They're the biggest wussies in the world, but somehow it makes them feel tough when they carry a gun. Anyway, that's another story. But you can go to a gun show, right, and buy a gun. They'll give you a background check. In many instances, you get the gun before the background check is even finished. Mm -hmm. That's a huge loophole. Yeah, and the only sellers at gun shows who have to do a background check are licensed dealers. So just a person who has some guns they want to sell, they can apply to be a table at a gun show, and they can sell their weapons without a background check. Mm. However, you can't do that in Nevada anymore because we did pass background checks in Nevada. But we live right next to Arizona where that is legal. So all people have to do is drive to Arizona, buy guns at a gun show without a background check, and sell them out of the trunk of their car here in Nevada. And that's why we have to do this at the national level. All of the loopholes have to be closed. So there are states that have domestic violence loopholes where if you're not married to someone, then they are don't have the same conviction as a partner 
And so they're not prohibited from purchasing guns, whereas if it was a spouse, they would, would be. That makes no sense. It doesn't matter who has, you know, perpetrated mm-hmm. domestic violence. They should never again be able to buy a gun. If you have tried to kill someone in a relationship, then you are not a safe person to have a gun. I agree. It's incredible to me. And there's a lot of loopholes. There are so many different ones that I can't even name them all. And what about gun responsibility? I know that's something Joe Biden has talked about as well that mm-hmm. I agree with. He named like five or six different things that need to happen. Don't think they're going to happen. I think that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Rep- again, belaboring the point. Republicans. They don't want to pass anything. However, let's talk about the Connecticut shooting for starters. Mm-hmm. This woman lost her life, the mother of, of that deranged shooter, right? Her mm-hmm. son was clearly mentally ill. Couldn't even have a conversation with other people. Obviously, mm-hmm. she taught him how to shoot a weapon. Yes. She showed him access to where the weapons were in her home. He ends up killing her and then killing all those innocent children at Sandy Hook. Mm-hmm. Gun responsibility is also a huge part of this. And I know somebody at your event the other day was uh, selling those devices, those gun locks, mm-hmm. right? Which, which I, I, so maybe you could talk a little bit about that too. What are your thoughts on gun responsibility? Yes. Um, well, you know, with great rights come great responsibility. Mm-hmm. And as an organization, we give away gun locks. So we have several types. There's a trigger lock and then there's a, a larger one. Um, in my opinion, we passed that here, safe gun storage. Mm-hmm. So the reason we had to pass that law is because parents who intentionally leave a weapon like the Sandy Hook shooter's mother, um, they should be criminally responsible because a child is not responsible for that weapon. But the bigger picture is, why would you have a a thing in your home that is intended to kill people that you do not treat as such? It should never be out where people can have it. I know multiple people who store their guns loaded in their nightstand because they want easy access to it. But we have biometric safes where you can put your thumb on there and it opens in seconds. Hmm. And these are all things we have to have. And there's still a debate about this. Even the NRA will not say that they want that kind of responsibility. And they used to be an organization that was about safety. I grew up in the South. All my uncles had guns and they were NRA members. And the NRA at that time was all about safety and responsibility and teaching classes. And now the NRA is about making money for the gun lobby. So all of these gun manufacturers know if we pass these these laws, there will be fewer gun sales. Mm-hmm. And they don't want there to be fewer gun sales. So they actually see spikes in gun sales after these incidents, which is so depressing that now so many Americans feel like they need to arm themselves because they feel like we Mm. as a country have armed all of the dangerous people. All the dangerous people have found a way to get a gun because it's so easy to get one in this country. So then people who are not dangerous feel like they must be armed. Do you feel like these gun manufacturers uh, should be allowed to be to be sued? Yes, that is a huge thing that we push for because, you know car companies any anything that can be used to kill somebody people can sue let's talk about this now i don't feel bad for these gun manufacturers i am with you as you know i'm on your side but this is an interesting topic because Mm -hmm. for example let's just say someone gets into a car drunk let's just say and they kill i don't know uh, an innocent person like the henry ruggs uh, situation Mm -hmm. for example do you feel like it's fair for the car manufacturer to be sued in that situation? I know I'm no. making a different analogy mm-hmm. when it comes to guns and cars. They're very different. But as you know, cars can be used to kill people. Mm-hmm. It's not nowhere near at the same as, say, an right. assault weapon. But what are and your thoughts on that? There's a precedent for when it is acceptable to sue a manufacturer of something and when it is not. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, if a manufacturer uh, makes a faulty item like a crib, right. a faulty crib that killed babies, that 
company can be sued and has sure. been many times in the past. Car companies, cars are not made to kill people. And unless the car was intentionally mm-hmm. or, or faultily made to have an explode, you know, if the engine explodes yeah. or something kills people. Right. But in that particular case, you know, when people drink, that puts the onus on them. Drunk right. driving is not the fault of the person who makes the car. Correct. But with a gun, the manufacturers have made commercials right. like "Come get your man card, buy your AR-15 and get your man card." That's an actual commercial. Is it really that they produced Jeez. before Adam Lanza murdered all those kids at Sandy Hook? That's a really good point. What you're making, I think, I, I totally understand what you're saying. So obviously, you're with me. Where if somebody has a pistol for self-defense, I think we all could agree mm-hmm. pistols weren't made to kill a number of a, a lot of people in a short period of time like an assault weapon is a pistol is mm-hmm. used by many people in this country responsibly obviously there's gun violence with pistols as well right. but you wouldn't sue the gun manufacturer of a pistol but if we have say example a, a maker of say an ar-15 we know that many of these assault weapons were made for one reason mm-hmm. and one reason noted to kill as many people as possible in a short period of time mm-hmm. so there's a difference there right yes. we're not talking about a bb gun or a hunting rifle Correct. We're, we're talking about assault weapons so you only mm-hmm. support lawsuits when it comes to these assault Assault weapons. Yes. Is that fair? And yeah. There is a weapon called the Crusader that has a Psalms Bible verse on it <laughs> that is marketed to people who hate Muslims. I am not making this up. You can look it up. So many people want this weapon that it's out of stock. It has a Bible verse on it to deter Muslims from purchasing this weapon and killing Christians with it, but it is marketed to people who hate Muslims. How and is that how even is legal? That legal. Yeah. And it's legal. It is being sold in this country today how is that even and it's called the crusader based on the crusades where people murdered people due to their religious affiliation see those are the those are the types of people that uh deserve to be sued and and by the way jailed if you have my opinion you know i was having a conversation with a good friend of mine the other day he's a pretty pretty popular musician he lives in la Mm -hmm. and we're having this conversation and and, and i said to him his name's richard patrick he's lead singer of the band filter And, and i said to him i said richard the only way, what, how, how do we get this stuff passed? How, how are Republicans going to see the light? How? And he says to me, you know, Brian, I hate to say it this, but the only way something's going to happen is if one of their children shot and killed. If something happens, and I don't want that to happen, but if something no. happens to a member of their family, that's the only way. Mm-hmm. And I thought about that for a moment, and, and I was shocked by it. And then I said, gosh, Richard, I think you're probably right. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any other, you, you can't talk to these people. Mm-hmm. I've tried. You can't. They are so far gone. I mean, how how do we get these people on board? I don't know what else to do. Obviously, I love what you're doing, spreading the word, getting in their faces. You know, I love the fact, and I don't condone violence, but getting in front of their homes and and marching. And and if you see them in public, go up to them and address it with them. Again, I'm not condoning violence, but we're seeing that more now. Mm -hmm. Ted Cruz is at a restaurant the other day. Somebody went right in his face. I loved it. You know, get in their faces and talk to them. These justices on the Supreme Court, you see them out there, the Brett Kavanaugh's of the world, go up to them. Tell them show them pictures of, of somebody that maybe you lost due to gun violence get right in their face we need to do that mm-hmm. i think you can you can uh, as maxine water says you can be confrontational without being violent Correct. there's a way to be confrontational without condoning violence and people want to go after her for saying oh my god she said the word confrontational i'm confrontational at the poker table okay i'm very competitive doesn't mean i'm violent Correct. i'm just confrontational mm-hmm. um and i don't have a problem when somebody getting in ted cruz's place and says you're despicable i lost this person uh, this young child was it died at the age of nine to gun violence you're despicable i don't see anything wrong with that right. they deserve it yes. quite frankly they deserve it I yeah. mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what else could happen, Liz. I love what you're doing. I think it's great. But I think more people need to do what you're doing and more people need to get in the face of these Republicans. I don't know what else to do. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, is there anything? What else can we do? I guess that's my question. So looking into the future, we have mobilized 7 million Americans at Moms Demand Action. There's mm-hmm. also the Brady campaign and there's Giffords, you know, because um, former Congresswoman Gabby Gifford, who sure. was shot, she sure. has her own organization, the mm-hmm. Sandy Hook Promise organization. Wonderful woman. Yep. Oh, she's a beautiful woman. Yep. All of these organizations, their goal is to educate the public that this is not like a 50-50 situation. Mm-hmm. 90% of Americans want to do something. Yeah. And most Americans don't care what party this legislation comes from. They just want something done. And we are not infringing on people's rights. Mm-hmm. It, it does not take your Second Amendment right away to say you have to wait to get your weapon or mm. that you have to go through a more intense background check or there has to be more information in the background check system, which is a whole mm. nother thing that we advocate for. So um, there's just so many things that are common sense. They really are. And the majority of Americans support them. But 50 senators take so much money from the NRA and they're being told what to do mm-hmm. and they're not representing their constituents. So we advocate for people to learn what the issues are and go, like you said. And you don't have to advocate violence. Confront the person that represents you because it is their job to listen to you and tell them. You can even just call them on the phone. You can send them an email. This matters to me. This is what I advocate for you doing at your level. Can you please do that? They I have, like it. And they keep track of all of that. I like it. And, and I agree with you. Let me ask you this. If you had a chance right now to sit down in a room, closed doors, meeting with those 50 senators... Mm-hmm. You're talking about those specific, those Republican senators who are accepting checks from the NRA, the Marco Rubios of the world, mm-hmm. you know, the Ted Cruz's of the world. I'm curious, PG-13 rated, <laughs> uh, what, what would you say to them if you had a chance to look them in the eye and, and, and you had a few moments to talk with them? What would you say? I would start with, I can promise you that I love my children more than your NRA members love their guns. And we will win. I can promise you that. Do you want to be on the right side of history? Do you want to buck, you know, the money that you're getting and this system that's controlling you? And do you want to be a maverick and be your own person and say, you know what? This has to stop. I'm going to do something. Because they won't even come to the table. And they might have some other things that they're interested in getting into a bill. The Democrats would compromise with them. We would put their ideas into a bill with ours. And that's how Washington used to work. But I would just show them the facts. There are so many facts on this issue. And just say, which of these things do you think is acceptable? What kind of gun death do you think is acceptable? Suicide by gun, unintentional shootings by children, mass shootings, the, the gun violence that's I'll happening. I'll tell you what they would say. Gang violence. What is acceptable to you? And I'll tell you what their response would be, uh, because I hear it every day. None of it is acceptable. My thoughts and prayers go out to any victim of gun violence. We need to do a better job in this country in hardening schools. We need to do a better job in this country when it comes to mental illness. we got to make sure that guns don't get in the hands of the wrong right. people. And then I would stop them right there. And yep. I would say the way to keep guns out of the hands of the wrong people is comprehensive background checks, every sale, no private sales. Yeah, I agree with you, but that's what Mitch McConnell would say. Right. I and, guarantee and on the health care, on the mental yeah. health care, it's like, okay, okay, stop right there again. Like we've said that mental health care is an issue. Yeah. Fund mental health care. Right. Which Fund they won't. Mental health care. Which they won't. Right. Put they won't. more counselors in our We kids know schools. that Republicans are not for even universal health care at all. Right. Every day I hear the Jim Jordans of the world complain, who, by the way, has never passed a bill in his entire political career, which is mesmerizing, but not surprising. Gymnasium Jordan has never passed anything in his <laughs> life. So 
Jim Jordan, all he does is complain. He complains about Democrats, complains about this, complains about that. You know, but yet I hear from the Sean Hannity's of the world, oh, they want to take all these guns away from us. But, you know, Nancy Pelosi, she has security. That's another argument I hear from people on the right. Like there's something wrong. By the way, the reason why many of these politicians have security or part of the reason is because of Donald Trump. Correct. Because of the hatred. Uh, look at what happened to Steve Sisolak. He was at your event the other day. Yes. I like Steve Sisolak. I think he's a decent man. He's not perfect. I mm-hmm. have my criticisms. But I think he's a decent human being. His wife is a nice lady. I've talked to her as well. He had two security guards with him at your event. Yes, he did. Now, they were not in security uniforms. They were, they were private security. Mm-hmm. But I knew they were security. And I spoke to one of them. Nice guy. He never used to have that. Mm-hmm. And his life was threatened a few months ago, as you know. This is the life we're living in now. So I have no problem with anybody having armed security with them because I know those security officers will be responsible. There's a difference between having a secure armed security guard for a politician and arming a kindergarten teacher. Those are two Correct. completely different things, and it's, it's just mesmerizing to me. And I just – it, it, it's so frustrating because I've been talking about this for several years now. I feel like longer than that, even since Columbine, but since I've been doing radio. And it's just – I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I hate to say I don't have hope because then I meet people like you mm-hmm. and I meet your types of organizations and I meet, you know, Representative Horsford and, and, and I talk to people like that, politicians. And, 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 and you know, uh, Fred Gutenberg has been on my show a number of times. I love Fred. He's going to be joining me on the show next week. You know, he lost his daughter in Parkland and um, I, I can't even imagine um, mm-hmm. the pain and suffering that these families are going through. But I'm tired of hearing thoughts and prayers. Right. I want action. And that's what this organization, Moms Demand mm-hmm. Action, all Americans should demand action. I can give you a little bit of hope because I sometimes feel hopeless, especially right after these things occur. But then I think about the congressional district in Georgia yeah. that used to be Newt Gingrich's seat. Mm-hmm. Lucy McBath is Another in scumbag, that seat. by the way. <laughs> Another scumbag. <laughs> Lucy's son was murdered at a gas station because oh, his geez. music was too loud. Oh. So Jordan was at a gas station with his friends, like normal teenagers, and their music was too loud. And so this old white man decided he didn't like that, and he shot. I remember that story. Into the vehicle and killed. He was charged, right? And he was prosecuted. He was prosecuted. Thank goodness. Yeah, he murdered them. Yes, I remember that trial. She took Newt Gingrich's seat. No one ever would have thought that was possible. Mm -hmm. Raphael Warnock, a black preacher and a Jewish man, Osof took two seats in Georgia. That is progress. I love Warnock, by the way. And they won in special elections. I Mm -hmm. grew up three hours from Atlanta. If you had ever told me that the two sitting senators from Georgia would be a Jewish man and a black preacher, I would have laughed you out of the room. Ossoff, is that right? right. Ossoff. Yeah, he's, he's, I love him. They're both wonderful. They're both great people. The overwhelming majority of people in this country are not Republicans. It's why we have the Electoral College. If we didn't have the Electoral College, Democrats would win just about every election. Mm -hmm. So we need to remember that. Republicans are in the minority here. Yes. And when it comes to gun control, the alt-right and the 50 senators are in the huge minority. You mentioned Mm -hmm. it, 90%. We are being held hostage, as Steve Kerr said in a press conference, which I love him, by the way. He said, we are being held hostage by 50 sitting Senate Mm -hmm. Republicans. He is 100% correct, and we need to get in their faces. We need to show them, people like you need to show them, that we are not going to stand for this anymore, Mm -hmm. and we are going to throw your ass out of office until you do something about this. Well, and that's the other progress. Sorry, I just wanted to mention that. The sports stuff is the other progress, because 
people now that have a platform yeah. that has nothing to do with gun violence prevention mm-hmm. are walking into press conferences like he did mm-hmm. and they're saying i won't even talk about my sport right now because this is unacceptable mm-hmm. and we're only going to take questions on gun violence i love it and then i'm going to tell you where to go to get your information and i think mm-hmm. that has to keep happening I, that I steve kerr was just popovich so is another one uh, mm-hmm. there are uh people that uh, are standing up uh-huh. Yeah, the whole soccer team, the whole U.S. Yeah. soccer team I love it. sent letters to their members of Congress. I love it. Yeah. And, and it needs to continue. And the people are like, oh, I don't want politics involved. Guns should not be a political issue. It's mm-hmm. an American issue. It's not a Republican issue. It should be a Correct. Dem- Republicans are making it a Republican issue. It, it, it's an issue of humanity. That's what yes. it is. Before I let you go, Liz, and I, and I really do appreciate you coming in and being here. It's been a pleasure uh, meeting you. Can you talk about how do people get involved with your organization? Can you give out the information? How can people contact you, get involved with what you guys do, which is Moms Demand Action? Yes. So the text READY to 64433 will put you in our system. Today, they'll also follow up and have you call your senators. But you can also go to MomsDemandAction.org. Um, we're on Facebook at Moms Demand Action NV. Um, we don't have like an organized Twitter. A lot of us are on Twitter. Um, and you've already tagged me on your show. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go to my... Twitter feed, all you'll see is um, gun violence prevention stuff. Um, There are so many amazing organizations. Um, Change the Ref is um, one of the students from Parkland's father's organization. It's Mm -hmm. very um, confrontational. They do a lot of um, confrontational things that I love that put it in people's faces. But, yeah, if you reach out to MomsDemandAction.org, if you go to find an event, then you'll come up with our meet. We have a meeting tomorrow that's online only, but people can sign Mm -hmm. in to listen. Um, And we are just never going to stop. We're not going to stop. And we have um, also a list of gun sense candidates, which is really important. If you, you anywhere in the country, are looking for who to vote for that has pledged to um, pass laws that are going to do something about this, you can go to GunSenseVoter.com. Dot org, sure. And then type in your zip code. It will come up with every candidate that's on your ballot that has our distinction. Well, if you have any events coming up, I'll do every, anything I can to help and be a part Thank of you. it. If you'd like me to, it'd be an honor. And, and uh, it's a pleasure meeting you. I appreciate everything that you and your organization do. And I know you're not alone. There's a lot of organizations like yours and members across the country that are doing what you do. I appreciate all of you. Please keep up the good work, man. Keep up the fight. Keep up the good work. Because in the long run, uh, when it's all said and done, you guys are saving lives. I I know that 100%. Just keep it up. That's our goal. Yes. And and, and you are doing that. And keep up spreading the word. And and I'll do anything I can to help you. Liz, I appreciate you being here. Thank you very much. Thank you, Brian. All right. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to have a professional golfer, Taylor Montgomery, joining us. Former UNLV standout. There is a big story in the golf world. Dustin Johnson, one of the best golfers in the world has just decided to quit playing on the PGA Tour. Very bizarre and shocking story. We'll tell you why. Coming up next, Taylor Montgomery will be joining us. Take a quick break. Be back right after this. You are listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Tuesday. So glad you could join us. We got some pretty shocking news in the golf world that we're going to share with you. Has to do with Dustin Johnson. Crazy stuff in the, the Saudi League. Weird stuff on the PGA Tour. I, I don't know what's going on here, man, but I figured what better person to talk to than the guy joining us right now. Well, he's a heck of an athlete, a sp- three-sport athlete growing up, state champion in golf, a, a UNLV golf standout. Just a matter of time, in my personal opinion, before he's winning tournaments on the PGA Tour and gets his full-time PGA Tour card. He's full-time right now on the Corn Freight Tour and uh, a name that certainly a lot of people know of 
Taylor Montgomery joining us right now on the line. Taylor, I appreciate you coming on. How are you? No, thank you guys for having me. I've been great. Uh, golf has been fun lately, so it's always been, that's always a good thing. How you been playing lately? Uh, I know you've been playing events on Corn Ferry. How you been doing lately? Yeah, I've been uh, I've been playing solid. My iron game has really been it has really improved this year, and I pretty much just locked up my card. And then yesterday qualified for the U.S. Open. So wow, uh, it's been been very exciting. <laughs> and and you've played in the U.S. Open before, right? You didn't you play in it last year, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, I played uh, last year, and then I missed Wichita, which kind of hurt me. So I wasn't going to do it unless I had my card kind of locked right. up for next year. And uh, I I played good like the last seven events that I played in, and. Uh, pretty much locked it up. So I'm like, you know what, I'll go try to qualify. So right, I just right. went and qualified yesterday. Oh, that's congratulations, man. I didn't know that. That's so awesome. And now you officially yeah, have your, you. your PGA Tour card, so you're not going to have to be staying in these in these weird small cities on Corn Ferry Tour events anymore. You're at, <laughs> I know that's kind of probably a little bit of a struggle for you, but you made it, man. And, and congratulations. Obviously, you've worked really hard to get to this point in your career, and we're really happy for you. So uh, I, I can't wait to uh, watch, follow your scores in the U.S. Open again. And just don't play a practice round with Brooks Kepka because I've heard he's not a very nice person to play. <laughs> I, know you played a pra- I know you played a practice round with him last year in the Open, and he didn't really talk to you. But anyway, hey, I want to get your thoughts on this, Taylor. You're the perfect person to, to talk about this. Uh, let's start with the Dustin Johnson story, as I'm sure you've heard by now. I am shocked. Dustin Johnson is not a guy that's struggling to keep his PGA Tour card. He's not a guy that's struggling financially. He's one of the best golfers in the world. He just made the announcement yesterday that he's retiring from the PGA Tour and he's playing in this Saudi league. And the only reason why I can think of that he would do this is money. What is your first reaction when you heard this story? Uh, That was very shocking news. Um, I, I, I didn't think he would go or be one of the first ones to go. Uh, I think eventually uh, a lot of guys will be playing. I think the PGA Tour will kind of be forced to uh, open it up to everybody to play. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure if that's going to what's going to happen, but that's kind of my prediction. I'm assuming the next big name you'll hear is Brooks Kepka, uh, just based on his brother being in in the event this week. I, I found that very interesting as well. Hmm. And now we're, um, we're learning, so, and we're learning, Taylor, that Dustin Johnson allegedly accepted a one hundred and twenty-five million dollar contract, which is a, a lot of money. Uh, what do you make of that? Because apparently, this this league—I mean—they're just paying everybody boatloads of money. Well, so they they have unlimited funds, pretty much. I mean, I've heard some astronomical numbers that they are trying to throw into the. Uh, golfing world. They actually came out to uh, the golf course out here, Shadow Creek, and uh, tried to get an event out there. Really? Um, and op- offered MGM a good amount of money to uh, do it, and they didn't do it. Um, but it's very uh, interesting on what's going to happen in the next like two years of, of golf with these guys because there's a from what I've heard, these guys are just trying to. I mean, well, obviously they're paying the players a lot of money, but they're trying to make them more like your football contracts and and right. stuff like that. Trying to get that upfront money, which is very interesting because these younger kids yeah. coming out of college, a lot of them won't have that much money. I think they'll end up 
making the jump. And I thought that's yeah. why I think eventually you're going to be able to play on both tours. But I think this is very dangerous, Taylor, for a lot of reasons. For example, somebody like yourself, nobody gave you anything. You've worked really hard to get to the point where you're at now. Nobody signed you to a $20 million contract. You pay Dustin Johnson $125 million. You think he's going to have the same drive to keep his golf game sharp? I would say no. I think what's great about golf and what is so unique about your sport is that nobody's guaranteed anything. Yeah, you've got top 25, top 50 players in the world that get a lot of sponsorships, but you're not guaranteed anything. you got to play good golf to win and make money. This is about money and the way you play uh, and how well you play. That's what always has made golf unique. This isn't baseball or basketball or football where you're signing these contracts. The way the Saudi League is doing that, at least with some of these top players, you offer DJ $125 million. Is this guy going to be out there beating balls and putting 10 hours a day? Now, maybe I'm wrong, but I think this hurts the game of golf. I don't think it helps. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you on, on that aspect. But uh, unfortunately, players are never going to turn down that kind of money, mm-hmm. uh, no matter what. So, I mean, if, if they're going to go through with this and they have, I mean, the Saudis have so much money. Right. Um, it's eventually going to, it's eventually going to happen. But I completely agree with you that Dustin Johnson won't be working as hard with $125 million in his bank account. Agree. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> I guess we all probably wouldn't. I, I can't fault him for that, but <laughs> no. here's, here's where I fault Dustin Johnson. Listen, he has the right to do this. He's not breaking any, any laws or anything. He's not a criminal. I'm, I'm not going that far. But here's my point with DJ. He's not a guy that's like 130 on the money list trying to get his PGA Tour card. That would be different. For some of those guys that are trying to make money, put food on the table, uh, I, I'm not going to fault them for doing this. But Dustin Johnson, I get it. It's a lot of money. Dustin Johnson ain't hurting for money. He's one of the best golfers in the world. And the PGA Tour has given him that opportunity to be one of the the major faces of golf. Rory McIlroy is one of the top players in the world that has spoken against this league. I mean, that that's my criticism of DJ. You know, Jack Nicholas was offered $100 million to be a part of this. He said no. I don't always agree with Jack Nicholas, but the man, obviously, he has some respect, uh, not just for being arguably the best golfer of all time, but turning down $100 million, he doesn't need the money, and he said, you know what, I'm not going to be involved with this whole thing. I mean, do you agree with me on that one, that you know, it's just, it's just a bad look for DJ, I think? Yeah, I mean, uh, right now it's, it, it's a bad look. I, I think in the future a lot more players will uh, eventually go over there. And I don't know too much about, like, uh, the Live Golf or, or Greg Norman or – Anything that goes on, I just hear like the guys talk about it and like the crazy numbers that they're throwing around. Because from a younger kid's perspective, like if it, like let's say let's say you have Home Depot and Lowe's and you're working for Home Depot and they're offering fifteen dollars an hour, and then Lowe's calls you and said, "Hey, we're gonna offer you fifty dollars an hour." I mean, from from a young kid's perspective that doesn't have a lot of money, yeah. Uh, they're going to take the job at Lowe's, the $50 an hour right. job yeah. every time. And I think that's what you're going to see over the next, if this, if this league even stays here for the next like 10 years. I think you're right. Uh, I think you'll yeah. see a lot of like the young kids go there. And I think you'll see more of like the European tour players uh, go there. But right, right now, like for me to, 
to play would be the biggest like risk of all time. You don't know who's running this. I like if if the prince comes out and says, "Hey, I'm I'm done with this." That that league's over. Yeah. And and right now the PGA Tour is saying you're, they're going to ban you from playing uh, in these events. And if you're banned, I mean you're you're done. And if if that league's done, how how are you going to make money? Go play the mini tours and and play right. the mini tours for the rest. That's of your a, life? that's it's, a really good point that you just made, Taylor. Because it's like you know DJ just signs his contract. If the league goes belly up, and I don't think financially they would ever go belly up, but if they just decide, okay, we're going to end this thing. Well, where do yeah. these players go? You're right. Uh, DJ's done. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine the PJ Tour is going to just welcome him back with open arms. If you're just joining us, we're speaking with Taylor Montgomery. Not only did he uh, earn his PGA Tour card, but he also qualified for the U.S. Open yesterday, which is pretty darn cool. He's a UNLV standout. Uh, his father, of course, is is the pro at Shadow Creek. Beautiful golf course there. So, Taylor, what do you, you and I grew up with Phil Mickelson. I know you're a little bit younger than me. I'm, I'm old. I'm 42. But we all grew up with Phil Mickelson as a golf idol. And, and now you see Phil Mickelson. I think he will forever be tarnished for the statements that he made about the PGA Tour. Basically, every player on tour has said some negative things about Phil Mickelson over the course of the last six months. He skipped these majors, and now he's playing in this Saudi league. What do you make of this whole Phil Mickelson situation? Yeah, it's uh, another crazy story. <laughs> Basically, talked about about both uh, PGA Tour and the Live. I mean... Uh, obviously bad comments by him. Uh, I've met him a couple times. Didn't really say much, but he's always like, uh, friendly around, around me and like the, uh, staff. They had that Tiger and Phil match out there. Right. And that's the only two times I've been around him. And he was really nice to everybody, whether it was for show or, uh, or if that's just how he is, I don't know. Um, but but it is crazy. He didn't play in the PGA Championship and defend his title, and then he comes out and plays the first uh, live tournament. That that's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's, I it's didn't wild. think that would happen. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's wild. And you know, Phil was always such a such a, a big name, one of the biggest names in golf, and he, and and everybody always pulled. I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of people pulled pulled for this guy, and it was always fun to watch him play. And the fact that I don't know, do you think he ever plays a PGA Tour event ever again? Uh, I think eventually he will. Yeah. Uh, just based off of what I what I think is going to happen, I think they're going to open it up eventually. Maybe probably not for a long time, but I think eventually they'll open it up to. Uh, both tours to play. Yeah. But from what I've heard, Phil, and well, I guess it's not really just what I've heard. People know that he has a gambling problem. I don't oh, know yeah. if he's hurting for, yeah. for money anymore. I don't know how bad that gambling problem is. Yeah. Um, and he's obviously older in age and well, he won the PGA championship last year, but he's, I mean, he's not, hurting for money but when you have a gambling problem you sure do like to spend your money (laughs) yeah yeah dustin johnson by the way made some statements earlier today he said i resigned my membership from the tour i'm gonna play here for now he also said what the consequences are going to be i can't comment on how the tour is going to handle it i can't answer for the majors but hopefully 
they're going to allow us to play. So it sounds like he doesn't even know if he's going to be able to play in the majors. This is this is Dustin Johnson. This is a guy, one of the best players in the world. And then the story, right, Taylor, transcends to Greg Norman. We know that Greg Norman has never gotten along with the uh, up, ups and ups at the PGA Tour, the commissioner all the way down. I wasn't really surprised that Greg Norman did this, but what really shocked me and disgusted me, when he was asked about the Khashoggi murder, he said, well, people make mistakes. He kind of threw his hands in the air and said, he called it a mistake, and that was it. Uh, I, to me, yeah, I, I thought that was dis- ridiculous. despicable, right, Taylor? I thought it was despicable. Yeah, yeah. I I I didn't really get into any of those uh, details, but obviously, there's a uh, a huge problem with them that people have seen. I've just been playing golf and yeah. Uh, practicing but hearing things like that that's pretty disgusting now kevin na lives here in las vegas he also is somebody that resigned uh from the pga tour and he joined as well does that that surprise you at all i don't know how well you know kevin uh i don't know kevin uh that well i know he's a member at, up at southern highlands and practices up there a little bit mm-hmm. um i'm i just don't know what I think he got roughly close to like thirty, forty million or something. Wow! And he probably just made like a a business deal for him. Like he's obviously getting older. Who knows how long he wants to play? I think a lot of these guys are just making decisions based on they have retirement coming up soon. And I mean, this is like ten years of really good professional golf and they're just giving them this money up front. I mean, it's the easiest money you could ever ask for, for these guys. It is a lot of money. They're just just taking it. It is a lot of money. No government is perfect, but I think a lot of the criticism comes from not just to Shogi, but, but listen, the Saudi government and some of the things they've done over the years criminally. And I think that's, uh, I think that is where the, the main issue lies, right? You have to separate or or look at the, look at, okay, they're offering me this kind of money, but my principals are telling me, well, look at the Saudi government, look at the things they've done, the things they've said, the business dealings, the people they do business with, especially the murder of Jashogi, which which was horrendous. So I, I think some of these players are able to look at themselves in the mirror and say, hey, while I might not condone that, I need to, I want to take care of my family and I need to do this. Uh, you know, so there's kind of like, it, it's an interesting situation that we're in, but I got to tell you, man, this hurts the PGA Tour. Not having Dustin Johnson not playing in events hurts the PGA Tour. Having Phil Mickelson not playing in majors hurts the PGA Tour. I don't know what Tiger Woods doesn't seem to need too much money these days, but I'm wondering if Tiger would even uh, uh, think about doing this, even with his physical condition. What do you do? You think Tiger's even going to make a decision? No, no. Uh, Tiger uh, won't won't play in there. He he already got offered. a, a huge, huge amount. They said that it was up in the higher nine-digit numbers. Oh my god! Uh, like, which would probably be like seven to nine hundred million. I, I don't even. I don't even know. Wow. I mean, if you had if you had Tiger's name behind it, I mean, then it would just open it up. But I, I really don't think he would. Uh, he would do it. I hope not. I, I hope all. not. Yeah, I, I wouldn't because yeah, that would be yeah. that would be bad news for the PGA Tour. Very bad. Uh, apparently, uh, uh, Newsmax is reporting that Tiger Woods rejected a near one billion dollar deal. So your numbers are absolutely correct. That's according to Greg Norman, the CEO of of, okay. of Live Golf. So you're you're pretty much right on the money. No pun intended. There, it was around that <laughs> around around that figure. This is just these are just weird times we're living in, Taylor. This is really strange here, and it, it's going to be weird not seeing Phil and, and DJ and these guys 
guys. I got to tell you something, man. I don't, I don't really uh, root for failure, but I hope this league fails. I really do. Yeah. I, I, am I yeah. wrong in thinking that? I mean, I hope the league fails. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, obviously, to your point, where when you pay the players that much money, and there's only 48 guys in the events, like, yeah. what happens if those guys start playing bad and then that tour decides, hey, all right, you're done. Yeah, you're not playing anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I, there's just so there's just so many question marks up in the air with what's going on with them and yeah, yeah. And, and like what what it will pan out to be. What? I'm just sitting back on the sidelines. <laughs> right, you're a guy and seeing you're, whatever happens. Here you are, a guy that finally gets your PGA Tour card. You're playing in the Open, which I'm really happy for you. And I know a lot of people in Vegas here are pulling for you as am I. When I give you this figure, I'm just curious what goes through your mind. Tiger Woods, arguably the best golfer of all time, certainly in our generation, he's made $121 million in his golf career on the golf course. They just gave Dustin Johnson $125 million. When I give you those figures, like what goes through your mind? It's crazy. I know. It's nuts. I mean, you think about all the work that Tiger Woods put into his game at a young age and 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 stuff, and then Dustin Johnson, unbelievable player, unbelievable talent, but nowhere near the credit, and probably nobody else ever will get near the credit that Tiger Woods has done for the game, and Dustin Johnson makes basically double what uh, Tiger Woods has made in his golfing career, without endorsements, but Tiger's made like 70-something million, or 100-something million, and then Dustin just it's 125 right off the bat just from this tour without the money that he's going to make on the tour. Yeah. And then whatever he's made on the PGA tour, probably $80 million yeah. that he's made out there. Yeah. I it's, mean, it, 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 it's crazy. It's, I mean, what Tiger Woods has done for the game is unbelievable. Oh, no question. So. No question about that. But like I said, man, I am pulling for this league to go belly up. I don't know where all this money is coming from. Certainly the league isn't going to be making money. You're, you're not going to get uh, 100,000 fans a day going to these events. It's just not going to happen. Uh, so somebody's going to be losing money. Obviously, people with deep pockets. But we'll have to wait and see what happens. But I know I appreciate you coming on and talking about this, Taylor. I know your focus now is the U.S. Open. Congratulations. Uh, really, really pulling for you. You made the cut last year, did you not, or am I wrong on that? Yeah, no, I'm, did. I'm, I made the cut last year, yeah. That's amazing, man. Uh, you know, before even getting your PGA Tour card uh, to make a cut in a PGA event uh, in a major is great, and, and now I would imagine your goal is maybe doing a little more than just making the cut, especially with the way you've been playing recently, right? That'd be nice, yeah, that's uh... <laughs> The goal, that would be really cool. Well, I know you're not playing for $125 million, but uh, <laughs> but but you're also playing in one of the biggest golf tournaments in the world. Uh, congratulations on qualifying uh, and all your success. I know how well you've been playing, and I know how hard you've worked to get that PGA Tour card. We're all pulling for you, my man. And uh, uh, if you make the U.S. Open, you make the cut, and, and, and I see you there on the leaderboard, man. we got to get you back on the show, but I, I appreciate you coming on on short notice, Taylor. Thank you so much, and good luck, my man. Go kick some butt out there. No, thank you, guys. Appreciate talking to you guys. That was awesome. Thanks, thanks, Taylor. Appreciate you, my man. Good luck. Uh, Always appreciate it when he comes on. Uh, Taylor Montgomery. His father's awesome, too, by the way. He's the pro at Shadow Creek. And uh, I didn't even know Taylor qualified for the U.S. Open. That's, That's pretty darn cool, man. 
These are some weird times we're living in. This is just strange. Dustin Johnson, one of the best golfers in the world, ain't playing on the PGA Tour anymore. I mean, this is just weird. One thing the Saudis do have is money. One thing the Saudi government has, boatloads of money. The prince has a lot of money. They have a lot of money. And in this day and age, sometimes people put money before principle. I'm sorry. I'm just going to call it for what it is. They would rather play in this Saudi league with a corrupt, murderous government than play on the PGA Tour. Now the PGA Tour has a problem. They have an issue. They have a problem. Who's next? If this Saudi league is very successful like it might be, you think Justin Thomas is going to stay on the PGA Tour? You think some of the top players in the world, you think Brooks Kepka is going to stay on the PGA Tour? Scotty Scheffler? You think these guys are going to remain on tour when they know they can make 50 times the money in the Saudi League? I don't know. The PGA Tour has a serious problem right now. Again, I hope this league goes belly up. I hope it fails, and I hope these some of these golfers that have signed these big contracts, I hope they're not allowed to pay back, play on the tour for a long time. But something tells me when you have backers and you have this much money behind something, that it's not going to go belly up. But we'll have to wait and see what happens. I appreciate Taylor Montgomery taking the time to join us. Uh, also really appreciate Liz Becker uh, joining us as well. Moms Demand Action. She really is great. I want to tell you guys about my friend Thomas Moskal. Uh, Thomas Moskal, one of my favorite uh, people. He's going to actually be joining us in studio tomorrow. He's the former DA here in Las Vegas. And Thomas was also the top DUI prosecutor in this town. Now he's defending those that uh, get charged with DUIs, felony or misdemeanor, whatever the case may be. He will take care of you. So please give him a call and tell him that I sent you. Thomas Moskal, one of the best uh, certainly in the business. And as I mentioned before, he's going to be joining us in studio tomorrow. Give him a call. Give him a text. 702-848-5555. Again, law offices of Thomas Moskal, one of the best in the business. His relationships with the judges, the prosecutors, and the attorneys are second to none. Again, please give him a call. Text or call. 702-848-5555. And again, that number 848-5555. He will be joining us in studio tomorrow. Looking forward to that. We will take a 22-hour hiatus, everybody. See you tomorrow.